Welcome to CoveyCast, where faith is unfiltered and voices are heard. And here's your host, Mr. Matt. Hey! All right, we need to invest in like one of those applaud signs. Yeah. All right, well, welcome back. Uh, we had a couple of weeks off due to activities in the church, um, so I'm glad that we are back around the table. Uh, today's a special day because we have a member of our church, Ron Ooh. Stutler, here, uh, and he's going to share an experience about him cheating death, not just once, but twice, right? I don't know how many times. You don't know sure. how many times. We're going to end up talking about it. So it's, I'm excited about today. Um, so what we'll do is we'll go around the, the table just like we normally do, introduce yourself, and then uh, we're going to let Ron take over. Turn her old. Oh, I'm Nolan. I'm David. I'm Kevin. I'm Ron Stutler. I'm Dave Holt. Aiden Holt. I'm Carrie. I'm Emily. I'm Lainey. I'm Rachel. I'm Graham. And I'm Matt. This is fun, isn't it, Ron? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. But I'm going to go ahead and let you uh, take over this episode, so go ahead. Okay. Well, like you said, my name's Ron Stutler, and I'm, uh, I'm very elderly. I'm 72 years old, which these people here are quite surprised because I do not have any gray hair yet. <laughs> you don't have any hair. He doesn't. Oh, <laughs> but anyways, uh, I've been a Christian my whole life. I cannot remember not being a Christian. I've been active in church, but uh, what I want to talk to you today is about how God uh, rescued me. And uh, I think you'll see how he rescued me after I uh, kind of uh, explain to you what happened. But uh, to do this, I, I, need, I want you guys to kind of experience a little bit of what I went through. You know, this is all Saints Day. Do any of you guys know someone who has died? Yeah, my, uh, my grandparent. And uh, anybody else? You have a classmate? Anybody ever lose a classmate yet? Or a special friend? What are your thoughts about death? I think it's kind of sad, but I think it's just the beginning. Okay. Is anybody afraid of it? Anybody scared? What I hope today is you guys will understand why we don't have to worry about it. I have an interesting story. For you guys to understand what I went through, I want to, you to kind of participate here. And it's not anything you have to do except close your eyes. I'm going to count to three, and then I'm going to have you open your eyes. One, two, three, open your eyes. Okay, has anything changed in that three seconds? No. Nothing's changed at all, huh? Okay, now we're going to do it a second time, but when I have you open your eyes, I want you to pretend that you are someplace I'm going to tell you where you are. Okay, so now I'm going to have you close your eyes, I'm going to count to three, and then I'll tell you where you are. So let's close our eyes. One, two, three, open your eyes. Okay, now you're opening your eyes and you're now laying flat in a bed. And you're looking around the room and you realize you're in a hospital. And you look down at the edge of the bed and there's a woman standing there and you realize that's a nurse. And you say to her, where am I? And she says, you're in the hospital. And you say, why? And she says, something bad happened to you. And they point over to a family member sitting there. It could be your mother, father, sister, or brother sitting there. And she says, and they saved you. Now remember, you just closed your eyes three seconds ago, right? And you say, well, when did this happen? And she says, five weeks ago. So you clutch your eyes and you wake them up and five weeks have disappeared. And then a gentleman walks in the room and it's a doctor. And you say to him, what happened to me? And he said, you died. Why am I here? And he puts his arms up and shrugs and goes, don't know. I guess it wasn't your time. Now, how would that feel if that happened to any of you guys? A lot of questions at once. 
Oh, that was a crazy nap. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, just think of that. And, I mean, would, it be, would you be afraid? <coughs> Scary yeah. thing, right? Well, what I'm going to tell you is, four years ago this month, that exact same thing happened to me. So let's back up to October 6, 2019. And at that time, I was still working, and I had a great job. I was traveling a lot. I was in sales. But for some reason, that week, something was telling me to stay home. I just had this feeling I should stay home that week. So I told my wife, I said, I said, Jane, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going to stay home. And she said, okay. Tuesday morning, October 8th, Jane said I walked into the kitchen, and I said to her, I had the strangest dream last night. I said, I dreamed, dreamed I saw three ghosts, and I could touch them. I saw three ghosts that I could touch. And I said to Jane, I said, was I worried? She goes, no, you just said that it just happened. I mean, that's odd, isn't it? So that night at our house about 7.30, Jane and I don't watch TV together because she likes Hallmark shows. I'd rather watch sports or something like that. But that night at 7.30, she was in the next room, the door was shut, and she was talking to her friend, and she heard me starting to make a strange sound. And she said, something's wrong, I gotta go. And she came in and she said, I was laying there in my recliner. I don't know whether my eyes were shut or not, but I wasn't breathing. And Jane started doing chest compressions on me and a voice in her head said, call 911. So she called 911. I read the report from the emergency squad down here. They got to my house in three minutes and eight seconds. And when they came in, I don't know if they had chest compressions first or they started shocking me, but they shocked me back. And then I went out again. And over the next 30 to 40 minutes, they shocked me six or seven times at home. Bring me back and I was gone. Bring me back and I was gone. So on the way to the hospital, they had to shock me and bring me back because I died again. So when I got to the hospital, they determined what happened to me was a thing called sudden cardiac arrest. The odds of surviving sudden cardiac arrest outside the hospital are between 5 and 9%. That means over 90% of people who suffer cardiac arrest outside the hospital die and never come back. The odds of brain damage, because once your blood stops flowing, the brain starts to cells start to die. That means of brain damage or severe stroke, the odds are very high. Matter of fact, when Pastor Darren was not here, he was out on the West Coast somewhere when he heard about it. He told his wife, he said, I could go back home and do a funeral because everybody here was expecting me to not make it. But what they did, they put me in a room, they induced a coma, and then packed me with ice to keep my temperature down to keep from having any more brain damage. So my wife had a neighbor there with her and they told her, they said, well, we'll see if he lives through the night and then we'll go from there. So she came home and Jane said she came home and she went to the bed and got down on her knees and pray that God would bring me back to the man I was before, which I really appreciate. I don't know if I would give myself that much credit, but she did. Uh, the next day I survived, and uh, in the meantime, she had called my kids. We had three kids. My daughter lives in Columbus, Ohio, and she's a nurse. And when she heard what happened, she got the quickest flight down here because she wanted to get here to say goodbye to me while I was still alive because she did not expect me to be here. Uh, Martha Yarborough used to go to church here, said I saw her afterwards and she said, uh, she asked a nursing friend of hers about my condition, told her, and she said, uh, the nurse told her, she said, well, if he survives, he'll wish he hadn't because he'll be basically very bad shape mentally. That was on Tuesday, this happened on Wednesday, 
They told Jane, don't expect much. She tried to be very positive, but she had to go around and find some long-term nursing care for me because the odds of me going home was very low. So anyways, that was on Wednesday. And on Thursday, uh, my son said a new doctor came into the room with me. Let me show you something here. That was me in the hospital. I've got a ventilator down my throat, making me breathe. My hair's not been combed, you notice that? I'm so thankful my son took that picture because I'd never know it happened. Yeah, basically that's the only reason I, way I could breathe was with that. Mm. It was making me breathe, so keeping me going. So on uh, Thursday, a new doctor came in to see me and my son said, he started yelling at me and said, he grabbed my head and said, can you squeeze my hand? And after a few times, I was able to do that. And then they asked me if I could move with my toes, and I was able to move my toes a little bit. So they knew that I had some kind of brain activity. They, at that time, they didn't know how much I had. Apparently on Friday, I was in a lot of pain, which we'll get to later and you'll see. But I was reaching up and I was trying to pull out the ventilator. So they called my wife and said she needed to come to the hospital. When she got down there, they had taken the ventilator out, and I was breathing on my own. Now, my youngest son said my daughter, who was a nurse, said, kept saying, this isn't right. This shouldn't be happening. He shouldn't be happening this quickly. And they said on Saturday night, they came down to see me, and I was sitting up in bed. Now, I couldn't talk, and I don't know what I was focusing on, but I started to recover. And over the next five weeks... I started to get better, and I talked to people about it, and some said that I uh, had conversations, and, um, and some said, well, you make sense for a while, and other times you didn't. <laughs> but Pastor Darren came to see me. Do you guys remember uh, Pastor Michelle when she was here? Mm-hmm. Pastor Darren said he came in to see me, and I said, do I know you? And he said, well, yes, I'm your pastor. And I said, oh, Pastor Michelle. <laughs> My memory came back the middle of November. And I mean, I'm very clear about this. I wake up in the hospital and I'm sitting there in this bed and I can see I'm in a hospital. Like I say, the last five weeks are just like three seconds. And uh, there's a nurse standing there and I said, where am I? And she goes, you're in the hospital. And I said, why? And she goes, well, you had a heart attack and a stroke and your wife saved you, pointed at Jane. And you know what the first thing I thought was? What do you think my first thought was? You think I was a... you think he'd be afraid, right? You're scared? My first thought was this. This is what amazes me was, what am I missing by being here? You guys ever go to something and you think about where all the fun is? And you think, boy, if I, I'm missing a lot? That was my first thought was, what am I missing by being here? I then met my cardiologist, my new one, and I said to him, I said, what happened to me? And he goes, you dropped dead. And I said, well, why am I here? And he goes like this. It wasn't your time, I guess. Now, after that, I started meeting other doctors. I've had four doctors. Four doctors have told me I'm an absolute miracle. A couple of reasons. One, I'm a miracle to be alive. And the second second is I'm a miracle not to have partly paralyzed or brain problems. You know, you've seen somebody with a stroke, how part of the face is sagged and all this. I have nothing like that. The last doctor I saw at that time was my neurologist, and he gave me all these tests, and Jane came in and said, well, how is he? And he goes, there's nothing wrong with him. What I'm telling you today is the reason I am here, the way I am here, is because of one reason. It's because of God brought me back. For some reason, 
He wanted me here to tell this story, and it may be to tell you or somebody else. You may be talking to somebody at school and say, man, I just don't believe in God. I'm telling you, there is one. And I don't know where I went or who I saw, but the fact that I had no fear after I came back, I asked my daughter, I said, was I afraid? Was I worried? She goes, no, you're fine. You're having a good time coming through the recovery. But I tell you, it was an amazing thing. And the hardest thing for me at first was knowing five weeks disappeared. Have you guys ever heard of Rip Van Winkle? I read the book. I went back and read it because I was trying to make sense of it. I mean, I've always been a baseball fan. I missed the whole World Series. And I remember when uh, I went spent one week in rehab and Jane was bringing me home. I'm going outside and I'm looking, wow, there's birds, there's everything. So, I mean, it was, it was like literally being born again for the first time. The big question was, why me? You know, why'd he do this for me? Well, maybe he knew I'd talk about it. I don't know. Like I said, I know I'm here for one reason. We're here because God has a plan for all of us. Now, the fact about dying... Dying happens quick. You don't know it. It's like going to sleep. Can you, you guys remember when you went to sleep? You lay in there, and next thing you do, you wake up in the morning, right? It's very much the same thing. But if you're ready for it, there's nothing to worry about. Now, what you've got to ask yourself, if you die and go to heaven, and God says, why should I let you in heaven? What are you going to say to him? What do you know I'm going to say to him? I'm going to say because I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I'm a sinner. I don't belong in heaven. I don't deserve you, God, but God's a merciful God. And by accepting Jesus, when he was crucified, he paid the penalty for my sins. Not to worry about it. doesn't keep me from sinning, but it helps me be forgiven. But I'm telling you right now, God's real. Here's a blessing about this amnesia. And the reason is, I got a phone call from the insurance company in December. This is two months afterwards. And they said to me, they said, we need to ask you a question. Were you assaulted or in a car wreck? Had I been beat up or was I in a car wreck? And I said, why are you asking me that? And they said, because you had all these broken ribs. That was from the chest compressions. Do you remember that dream about the ghost? Oh, I wish I did. Did you ever try to interpret that, that dream? When you said three ghosts, I'm like, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, I tell you what I said to my wife. I said to my wife, I said, this is like when... God and the two angels came to see Abraham and Sarah. You know, he was 99 and she was 89. And he said, you're going to have a child in another year. And my wife said, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> you know, and I, the other thing is, I had a brother drop dead from a heart attack. And there is a thing called survivor's guilt. I felt guilty for a while. I felt really guilty about it. Then all of a sudden it came to me, don't question about what God does. Because he has his plan. You know, you guys are fortunate. You're here in this Sunday school class. You know about God. You know about Jesus. You don't know where he's going to take what he's given you. And he's going to use you in part of his plan. Because this isn't a big deal. This is bigger than anything we're into. We just fit in. You know, in the, in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, only three times did Jesus ever raise somebody from the dead. He healed a lot of people. But only three times did he ever bring him back from the dead. And I really think the reason for that is heaven is so much better than this. Why should he penalize us by bringing us back? The thing is, you turn your life over to God. You may not like what's going on at the time, but tell you what, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's kind of like that Garth Brooks song that says sometimes some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. Yes. <laughs> well, we are uh, running out of time and running out of time fast. I've for one, have enjoyed having you here, Ron. Well, thank you. Uh, your story is amazing. <clears throat> kind of reminds me we all have a purpose, mm -hmm. and I feel like we won't 
get to heaven until we fulfill that purpose. Sometimes people do it sooner than later. You definitely uh, are, are not meant to leave us just yet. Well, let's bow our head and pray real quick. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for Ron and his willingness to share his amazing story of life, death, and life again with us. Uh, it's amazing the power that you have to bring your faithful back to life. Uh, to finish whatever plans you have for us. It's through your faith and prayer that we all can cheat death um, when we haven't really fulfilled our plan that you have for us. Uh, remind us that we are all miracles, uh, thanks to your grace, and I ask that when we get to the gates of heaven that we are able to answer the question, why should I let you in heaven? Help us not be afraid of death, Help us to remember that uh, as long as we live the life in which you uh, provided for us in the way that you wish us to live it, that we have nothing to fear um, and that we will one day see you in your house uh, with your glory. Um, Lord, Heavenly Father, please be with us this week um, and please help us make the right decisions, the best decisions. And we ask that you just uh, continue to guide us through our faith journey as we grow uh, through this society. And uh, again, I just want to thank you for the willingness of Ron to come in and share this story with us. We ask these things in your name, your name we pray. Amen. And you got a quote? Did you find yeah, one? Yeah, I found one. All right, go ahead, real quick. The worrying doesn't take away tomorrow's trouble, it takes away today's peace. That's good. That's good. All right, that's it. And we'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye. Get out of here.